A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So um, <laughs> I walked in, he's going mental at me, abusing me. And then next minute, they just grabbed me into the boot room. Yeah. Lights off. Digging me and all that. And do you remember the uh, metal things you used to take the mud off the uh, yeah. off this the yeah. back of the studs? Yeah. Scraping it down my hamstrings and my calves. Really? And then lights came on, blood all the way down my hamstrings really? and calves, and they shouted, Don't ever um, forget to do my boots again. <laughs> Jonathan Greening, ex footballer, last guy to lift a trophy for West Bromwich Albion. George Best said that um, when he was asked the most important thing a football player needs, he said balance. What do you think is the most important thing a professional footballer needs? Balance before 20 pints or... It's a good point, actually. Um, I think he needs to be mentally strong. Yeah? Yeah, he needs to be mentally strong because um, I think that's one of the biggest things I think for me when I was 16 nearly 17 I, I you know I were in the York City youth team I was on the bench I wasn't mm. you know physically strong enough I was you know I hadn't grown into my body should I say mm. and I was probably a bit mentally weak you know I was always at the back of running drills and stuff like that mm. and it wasn't until you know a few of the older pros said to me listen you need to you know you need to do more fitness work mm. be sh- you know get get fitter uh, stronger and you need to be more mentally tough you know and um, I think you know that after that you sort of like listen to the older pros who have been in the game a few years mm. and then went going to United, which we'll probably touch on later, you know, being with people like Roy Keane, mm. you know, mm. Peter Schmeichel, um, players like that who've got a proper mental toughness about mm. them. You know, you do a passing drill or mm. um, 
a possession drill and you give the ball away, Roy Keane would be on you. You know, you'd right. have to be totally mentally strong, otherwise you'd crumble and you wouldn't be able to play. But is it easy? And is it as easy as that just to flick a switch and think, right now I'm going to be mentally tough, or is it is it something that is grown with experience? Because it's a real man's world, isn't it? Football. It feels like it is anyway. Yeah, you definitely. You grow with experience with it, definitely. Because I mean, I, I I probably wasn't mentally tough at 16 to 18. Um, well, definitely 16 to 17, but once, you know, I, a few of the older pros had spoken sp- spoke to me and, you know, told me what I needed to do and I had to literally grind it into my daily daily yeah. routine. And then when I went to United, it went up another 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 level. So do you think you were fortunate to be able to develop that or do you think it just... Cause, cause would, would there be players out there perhaps in the same boat as you who weren't able to, to have a career because they didn't develop that mental toughness? 100%, yeah. I, I definitely think that. I think there's definitely players who were probably on par with me technically or, mm. you know, were skill skill wise who who didn't have that in, in the locker or were able to develop it. And were you always sort of set on becoming a professional footballer? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 You didn't want from, to do anything else. From like four or five years old. Yeah. Years old. I was with a ball, you know, I'm, I'm one of five um kids, um, three brothers, one sister and all all the all the lads just play football all the time at the park. We just live opposite the park. So Did they play as well? Yeah, but nowhere near as good as me. <laughs> Would they say the same about you? No, 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 okay, no, no. no, 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 no. What about you? Any any sort of ex um, sportsmen or professional athletes in your family before you? Or no, 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 uh, not that I know of. I think um, I'm the I'm the only one. My dad used to play a little bit, but he he, he wasn't that he wasn't that good. In right. fact, he's absolutely useless. But <laughs> okay, he'll say he's quite yeah. good, but he's not. Okay, right. And was and was it clear from like that young that you were decent at it? Yeah, I think so. I think um, when I. Um, when I was about eight years old, I was playing for a team and um, I think I was playing two years younger than myself. I was on, um, under 10s, but I was, I was eight. Mm. And I, I think I, I was banging goals in left, right and centre because I used to be a striker back in right, the day. Right, right, right. And um, after about half a season, we were top of the league and I was scoring all these goals. And then I got told I weren't allowed to play because I was two years younger. Really? And uh, I got pulled out. So Probably was, some player's dad saying that. Yeah, or something. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was absolutely devastated. You right. know, um really upset about it and I wasn't allowed to play for another six months till the following year mm. and then the following year I actually moved clubs to a team called uh, Schools Park Raiders in Scarborough and um, we um, we went on and I think we were unbeaten for about five, six years and I was banging like 40, 50, 60 goals in a year. So you were um, clearly very, very good. Yeah, I was I was decent, yeah. You're in friendly company, yeah. you can say yeah. <laughs> and, well, I'm curious as to how you ended up at York and not at Scarborough where you're from. Um, so at the time, um, I used to be a massive fan of Scarborough Football Club. Yeah. Um, um, they were going through through some problems. Um, they had to scrap, scrap the, the the school of excellence, what it was called back in yeah. those days. Yeah. And um, I was playing probably for Schools Park Raiders under 13s, 14s. And um, I just got into the Yorkshire rep side, mm-hmm. playing for North Yorkshire and um, played a game. I think I scored a hat-trick actually. We played... Um, on a Sunday, I think we won three 0 I scored a hat trick, and after the game, a guy came up to me um, and said, oh, "I can have a quick word." Pulled my dad over. He says, "Oh, I'm a scout from York City." It was a guy called Ricky Spears here. Right. I don't know. If yeah, of course. He went yeah. to my onto my uh, Sunderland. So he was yeah. at Sunderland for a bit. Man yeah. United under 23s, and um, he was York City um, youth team uh, coach right. at the time, and he was yeah. just watching the game. And he said, "Oh, c- can you um, fancy coming in for a trial next week?" Yeah. I was absolutely buzzing. You yeah. know, I was like, How old delighted. were you at the time? I was probably about 14. Okay. Uh, so these, these days you'd have been at an academy by that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's not get started on that because I think <laughs> it's too young. Okay, yeah, under yeah, sevens, yeah. Under eights, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was 13, 14. And uh, the week after was my trial. Um, my dad 
that's driving me to uh, to to York from Scarborough. Um, it's just how like, far is that? It's about forty minutes, about okay. thirty-eight miles, about okay. forty minutes. But it's a single road; it's an absolute yeah. nightmare. Right? Okay. You know, and it's always busy because people from York are going to Scarborough to to the seaside at yeah, the weekend, sure. and vice versa. People from Scarborough going to York shopping or whatever. So it's a real bugbear, you yeah. feel? Yeah. Yeah. Is it annoying? <laughs> yeah. Bugbear <Proper> annoying. <laughs> so we're going to the trial. I was like fourteen, and um, we ended up halfway there, and there was a crash. Oh really? Yeah. And okay. The, I remember the, the crash. The road was shut. Stuck there for two hours. Obviously, no phones in them days. No, could didn't get to the trial. Absolutely devastated, crying all the way home. I bet like you 13, were. 14. Was your dad? What was your dad like? Was he... My dad was like, "Listen, I'm so sorry. It's not yeah. what I could do." I was like, "I appropriated him." You know what I mean? Really? Me there. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, I ended up going back home, and that night, obviously, no mobile phones or anything. The landline went, mm. and um, it was Ricky's Brazian. Mm. He asked for my dad, and my dad was going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Next week, yeah. Okay, brilliant." He got right. off the phone. He said, "Listen, we explained to him, yeah, you know what happened. He yeah. was fine with it. You know, you can WhatsApp him." Right. <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, I went the following week and um, did really well in the trial and ended up signing schoolboys like under 15s and 16s. Did you have to carry on at school? Uh, yeah, I had to carry on at school. So, did I you just, have any interest in school? So, uh, no, I hated it. I just wanted to be a footballer, just yeah. play football. You know, break time, dinner, and after. And then, um, you know, I went uh, to to York training on a Friday night and played a game on a Sunday. But I was playing. A game on a Saturday morning, a game on a Saturday afternoon. I'd play for York City on a Sunday morning in New York. Then I'd come back and play for my local... I, really? I was playing like four or five games, you know, over a weekend. Do you think that really benefited you long term? Oh, 100%, yeah. People say like nowadays, you know, these kids are getting, um, you know, worn out. Or, and not for me. You need to play as much football as possible. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And um, I think that's why one of the things why I made it because I was playing so many games. I was playing like... Four four games at a weekend. I was playing five side with my dad and you know and all his mates on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night. You know against all the people getting elbowed and kicked. You know. Wouldn't happen now, would it? No, no, it definitely wouldn't happen now. Um, and I think that's one of the, the main reasons why I made it as a footballer because you know I had so many different experiences um, playing a game at a young age. And so at that point, York would have been what old second division. Yeah, yeah, old second division, and um, I stayed there till under. So that's like League One now, but yeah, 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 League yeah, One now. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, I ended up. Going all the way to through to under sixteens, and then two weeks before I finished my GCSEs, I got the 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 nod, the, the lead letter to say I was getting YTS, which is obviously a two year scholarship. I had to move to York, stay in digs with um, another 13, 14 lads, and uh, that was the, the start of my uh, journey. What what's um what was it like doing that? I mean, staying with a load of other boys, testosterone around, probably bad influences, and all the rest of it. Did you did you find it hard to stay on the straight and narrow, or was it all right? I definitely found it hard to stay on the straight and narrow. Um, you know, 14 lads in a, a terraced house in the middle of the York, you know, when you got all the... Uh, it was like a man or a lady looking after you or anything? It was a, a couple, actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah um, um, Keith and uh, Jean, they were called. Those, those, those kind of couples, or sometimes it's a lady or a man who, who look after the guys when they're, they're... They're kind of like the unsung heroes of football, really. You never really hear about them, but they do a lot for in digs for, for young players, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Uh, do all your washing, make your food, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, Keith and Jean were... I mean, I was a little bit homesick at first, sure. you know, being one of five uh, siblings, you know, close family. And when I first went there, like, three, three or four months in, I was, you know, probably struggling, but Keith and Jean really looked after me. And like you say, you know, unsung heroes. And um, doesn't really happen now, does it? No, not anymore. They, you know, I no. think they all get one bed, bedroom apartments, penthouses now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a great, great experience uh, living with 14 lads, you know, loads of temptations. But, you know, I, I tried to not go out as much as, you know, the rest of them and you know, really concentrate on getting better. Um, you know, my first year as a York YTS, it probably wasn't my best year. I needed to grow into my body, I needed to get fitter, stronger. 
And then, um, you know, my second year, I, I really came into my own and started getting uh, made captain of the youth team, started getting to the first team squad. Hmm. Um, Alan Little was the manager at the time. Um, you, he put me on the bench and put me in here and there, hmm. you know, where hmm. to gain experience. And then I remember playing a game for York City Reserves, actually, at Beaven Crescent, and we played Sheffield United in the reserves. And um, we won 4 0, I scored all four goals. You're still playing up front at this point? Yeah, still playing up front yeah. at, the, uh, at this point. And uh, uh, scored all four goals. And I remember coming out off the pitch afterwards. Mum and Dad were actually at the game. And um, the, the chairman brought me into the office and said, um, We want to give you a professional contract straight right. away. I think I was on £32.50 a week as well. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And uh, my dad was like, Okay, brilliant. You know, absolutely delighted. Yeah. And um, the chairman said, we'll give you 90 quid a week for four years. <laughs> right. I was like, I didn't even know, you know, I yeah. just wanted to sign professional. And I was, uh, so I, my dad was like, I, my dad was like, well, we'll go and speak, speak about it at home and then we'll come yeah. back, we'll come back to you in a few days. So in the, the next couple of days, I went speaking to all the old pros, you know, they've offered me four year contracts, 90 yeah. quid a week, going yeah. up like five pounds, you know, 95, 100, 105, 110. I was thinking... You know, I'd be 22 earning 110 quid a, yeah. quid a week. Yeah. And all the old pros would say, no, don't sign that. You know, there's loads of clubs looking at you. My agent says this, you know, this, right. that, the other. You didn't have an agent at the time. No, I didn't have an agent at the time. And then yeah. um, I, end, I ended up um, turning the contract down. Mm -hmm. And then they came back to me and said, oh, we'll give you a three-year contract, 135 quid a week. And then I think it was 150 the second year and then 175 the third year. By this time, I was sort of like in the first-team squad, training every yeah. year with the first-team squad. And I just said to mum and dad, listen, I want to be a pro footballer. I just want to sign it. I know there was a few clubs after me. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up signing it. And then a year later, obviously, the big move happened. Yeah. Before I go on to the the the, the hallowed ground of, of Old Trafford, I want I've, it's a bit of a tradition on, on this, this show, which we, which we call Ramble Meets, where I ask pros all the time about young players now and boots cleaning. And I've not, see, I've not met a single ex-pro of any age that said that they support the fact that young players now don't clean boots. How do you feel? I think it was the making of me. Yeah? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think they need to bring it back. I think, um, you know, I used to sweep the whole corridor, the away team dressing room, mop the floors, clean all the baths, all the thingy, um, showers. I used to uh, do all the wa um, the washing, drying. You know, I used to, sometimes I used to go back like three times a night to put change the washing into the dryers, you know. Did you? The ground, yeah, you used to have the key. Um, Why do you think it's so important for a young player? I think it just, you know, it shows you that you need to work hard to, you know, to get what you want in life. Keeps you humble. Keeps you humble, yeah. exactly. And, um, and you no, know, I think the old school mentality, which people don't like, I absolutely love. You know, mm. I remember, I remember, um, I won't, I won't say his name because he, he might listen to it and I'm still friends <laughs> with him, but I, <laughs> I, I used to look after two players' boots. Yeah. And uh, I remember... Um, what this one one day I forgot to do his boots. He absolutely kicked off. All I heard yeah. down the corridor was Jono, really, Jono, get here now. Really, and I've gone straight into it. And he's did got, you shit yourself? Oh, absolutely, yeah, crap myself. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I walked in. He's going mental at me, abusing me, and then next minute they just grabbed me into the boot room. Yeah, lights off, digging me and all what that. Do you remember the uh, metal things you used to take the mud off the uh, yeah off this the yeah. back of the studs? Yeah scraping it down my hamstrings and my calves. Really? And then lights came on, blood all the way down my hamstrings really? and calves, and they shouted, don't ever um, forget to do my boots again. My <laughs> and God. did I ever forget to do no. my boots again? Did I? Uh, you, you can't do that now, though. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do that now, but 
you know, um, we would be laughing and joking about it, you know, like a few hours later. And yeah. uh, all, uh, you'd walk into the, the yeah. pros first team rooms with coffees and teas and stuff like yeah. that. And everyone would be laughing at it. Ah, look at the back of your legs. Really? So, yeah. so for, for, for some young kids, though, that'd be horrific, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be classed as bullying now, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think... Um, you know, it's at the time. You look back on it now, you have no resentment about it at all. No, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely not. You know, I'm still friends with the guys now, um, yeah. all the older pros. And I think, you know, in them days, you know, you could you could get away with it and it was yeah. seen as a bit of fun, a bit of banter, and, yeah. you know, uh, but now obviously it's classed as bullying. So which... As a senior pro, because you're obviously not that long retired, as a senior pro, did you have young players who weren't cleaning boots and weren't cleaning stadiums and stuff and did it did it annoy you? It didn't annoy me, no, because um, there were still nice kids and that, and you could still have banter with them, and you yeah. know, and you know, sort of like pick on experiences what you had, you know, with with your older pros. And mm. um, I've always got on really well with um, the younger pros mm. um, because you sort of like you want them to do well, and you mm. try and pass your experiences on. I think unless they play in your position, right? Yeah, well, maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. unless they're really, really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think um, you know, I mean, at Fulham. I don't think they used to do our boots. Um, the last couple of years at West Brom, they stopped doing boots and stopped doing the cleaning jobs and stuff like that. Um, and I, I'm a big believer that the kids should be doing it. Like mm. we mentioned earlier, mm. keeps you humble, shows you that you need to work hard to, mm. you know, um, get into the first team. And when you do get into the first team squad and you stop doing, you know, you've got there and you're doing well and you stop doing the the jobs, you know, you know, it's a bit of a pat on the back moment. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you sort of graduated. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've you know I've done well. I've done all the hard graph now mm. I can you know not chill out but because you can never chill out as a footballer mm. um, but you know you, you've done it Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds Recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. 
Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. So how did you find out that Sir Alex Ferguson, or Alex Ferguson as he was then, was after you? Well, the game we mentioned earlier when we played Sheffield United in the reserve, scored all four goals. There was a Manchester United scout um, who would watched the game. And um, apparently from that day onwards, for another six to eight months, they started watching me. You mm. know, we're different coming on for York City first team. And then we played Fulham at home. Um, in the first team I played, I started the game and we got beat and I was terrible. Absolutely. Are you still a forward ter- at this point? I'm, I'm still a forward at this yeah. time. Yeah. I was absolutely terrible. Came off the pitch. No, you know when you played bad and yeah. I was absolutely horrific. And I remember walking past Alan Little's office and he's, you know, he's a bit of a sergeant major kind of guy. Yeah. Really nice guy, but you had that authority, you know, yeah. where you were a bit scared of him, a bit like a headmaster kind of yeah. thing. All I heard was, John O, come here now. I was like, oh no, he's going to absolutely go mad at me. Yeah, yeah. I was terrible today. So anyway, I walked in, he said, sit down. So I sat down, he says, do you want to go to Manchester United on Monday for a trial? So I, I was like, is this a joke? I was supposed to be going out that night on my mate's 19th birthday party. I was ready to go and get steaming and all sorts. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I was like, are you joking? And he said, I'm not joking. I'm just had Sir Alex Ferguson. What, we worked Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. And he said, just had uh, Alex Ferguson on the phone. Um, he wants you to go training on Monday, four days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm. I was like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, right, you've got to get the train tomorrow night, yeah. uh, Sunday night. So I was thinking, well, I'm going to one of the biggest clubs in the yeah. world. Don't get your dad to take you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm, I'm going, yeah, don't get my dad to take one. But I was thinking, I'm going to one of the biggest clubs in the world on Monday, and yeah. I've got this 19th birthday party tonight. So I was thinking, I couldn't phone my mum and dad to say, you know, because uh, I was supposed to be going to this party in Brid- yeah. Bridlington. I couldn't phone mum's accident on the phone. So I was like, don't matter. I'll yeah. just go out. I'll just go out for 19th birthday. Anyway, I went out, got absolutely steaming. Did you? Came in about five in the morning. Next morning, I thought to myself, what am I doing? I've got yeah. a trial at Man United on yeah. Monday. Yeah. So anyway, I slept it off in the afternoon, ended up getting the train to Manchester, got picked up. Uh, they put me in these digs for four days. And then Monday morning, went to the cliff. It was a, still yeah, what was it? What was it like turning off at the cliff for the first oh, time? I was absolutely petrified because I, oh, yeah. I was a United fan as a kid. Yeah. So biggest club in the world, you know. I'm actually a fan, and um, this is and also this is kind of at the time of United where there's superstars everywhere, right? Oh yeah, they haven't gone on to win the Champions League yet. We'll come on to that in a minute, but but they're they're a big club. They're winning multiple Premier League trophies. It's really the best place you can go at that point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally right. And um, I end up going to the cliff, and I remember being petrified. Taxi picked me up. Um, I went there, and I, w- I thought I was training with like the in, in them days it was like the year team, then the reserves, and yeah. Um, the first team straight away met Sir Alex Ferguson 
that's where I keep calling yeah. Alex yeah. Ferguson, Alex yeah. Ferguson, um, and uh, introduced me to a few people. And then he said, what, right, did you, was, what was it like to meet him for the first time? Oh, I was absolutely. Were you starstruck? Stiff, yeah. yeah. Starstruck, scared. You know, when he was introducing to me all the players, I was just like, you know, I couldn't believe it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I've been watching him on Sky Sports for the last, you know, yeah. six, seven years. So anyway, he says, right, we're training at 10 o'clock on, on the bottom pitch. Went out there, started putting my boots on. There was like gigs, Beckham, Skulls. I was like, oh my, oh my God, I'm yeah. training with the first team. I thought I was training with the youth team. Right. And I trained with the first team, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Was there any other kid who'd come along who was sort of in your position or was it just you? Just me. Okay. Just, I was the only one there on okay. trial. Um, and I trained with the first team. And I remember it going really well. I remember um, thinking, oh, I'm doing all right here. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. doing okay. And uh, the, obviously the more I was there, the more comfortable I, I, I became. And mm. um, I remember the Thursday afternoon, because I had to be back at training on the Friday for York City because we had a game on the Saturday. And on the Thursday afternoon, training finished, Alex Ferguson said to me, he says, uh, I just wanted to say, you did really well. You're one of the, the best young lads who's ever come here on trial. You know, you were confident. Really? Blah, 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 How blah. different was the standard, John? Um, at first, I thought, there's no way near I'm, I'm good enough to be involved in this because it was so fast, you know, one touch, two touch. And yeah. the, the, the pace of the players, you know, people like Giggsy, I was yeah. thinking... I need to get faster here. Yeah, really, yeah. yeah Is yeah. it that so, much of a culture shock in yeah. terms of the quality of the football? Yeah, just the quality of the football, you know, the training ground compared to York City, yeah. the, you know, the, the facility, the, the equipment, you know, um, you know, at York City we used to have, you know, we used to put our jumpers down for goalposts sometimes, Did you? you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. we used to train on a, on a cow field. What were the players like with you? Brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. You know, they were all really uh, welcoming and um, a few of the older pros were really, really nice, you know, taking time yeah. out to speak to me oh, and stuff nice. like that. Really, really good, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, superstars, this and the other, but they're really, really, really nice guys. And uh, I remember Alex Ferguson on the Thursday saying to me, um, you know, you're one of the best young lads who's ever come here on trial. You took yeah. in his stride, blah, blah, blah. And then when I got in the taxi to go to the train station, I'm thinking... I bet he said that to a few of the yeah. lads, you know what I mean, <laughs> okay, just yeah. to keep up, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he said, we're going to keep an eye on you over the next six months and, you know, we're, we're definitely interested and I'm thinking in my head, you know, he's definitely giving, he's definitely playing with me here. Mm. So I go back to train at York on the Friday and uh, play the game on the Saturday and then I get a call on the Sunday from Alan Little saying, um, we've agreed a fee. And right. Literally, I was at United like two weeks later, but I actually went to United really? I didn't even have an agent, so they agreed the fee. I think it was five hundred thousand pounds and five hundred thousand pounds on appearances. Yeah, um, I had to get to Manchester with my mum and dad, and my dad didn't really like driving on motorways, right? Or didn't like driving on yeah. motorways, and um, we ended up getting a taxi to Manchester. Did you? So we had this taxi driver, my mum and dad, and me going to meet Alex Ferguson. No agent, and he just says, "Right, here's a here's a contract offer, three years, four hundred pounds a week, four fifty, five hundred. Right. And I went, just signed it. Yeah. I probably could have got more if I had an agent. But you didn't but want I just to, wanted to yeah. sign for United, one yeah. of the biggest clubs in the world. I was so happy. I was absolutely delighted. Would you have signed for the same amount you were on at York at the time? Probably not. <laughs> 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 because there's players at York earning like probably a grand a week at yeah. 1,500 yeah. or something like that. And um, But I was still only a young kid. I was only just turned 19. So yeah. I was just like, Dad, I just want to sign it. And, yeah. and then next minute I was at United and I was in digs in uh, Manchester United. And then you were essentially chucked into the first team mix straight away or? Yeah, well, uh, I went in the... That was, was like what, 97, 98, was it? That's 98. It. So yeah, yeah. it was like the March time, 98. I ended up playing my first game for Man United A team and I played, uh, I can't think who it was. Uh, it was Marine. 
Okay, yeah, I know them. And, uh, Liverpool based. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I scored four. We won four nil or four one or something like that. I scored four. And then we played a couple more games and I kept scoring, kept scoring. And then it was sort of like the end of the season. And yeah. then when I came back in the summer, I was straight into the first team squad, training with them every day, and obviously yeah. playing reserve games when I worked playing. And you played some Premier League games that season, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I only made thirty four appearances over three years, but you yeah. know, um, it was one of the best best things I've. That's ever happened to me going there. Can you remember what it was like to play in the Premier League for the first time? Was it different? Very different. Yeah, it was different. It was a bit, bit nerve wracking at first. You know, you, you're always a bit nervous yeah. out your first game. But um, with the players I had around me, I was playing with some of the best players in the world. Right? Yeah, so, you yeah. know, it was so, so. But much were you easier. terrified about letting people down? Or no, I remember making my debut. I remember making my debut against Berry at Old Trafford. I think it was '98. In the what would it have been called then the Carling Cup, but it wouldn't be yeah. the Carling Cup, whatever it was, whatever well, well, it was, yeah, whatever it was, all that. And um, so Alex Ferguson said to me, "You're playing at front with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer tonight." Right, I was absolutely. Bullied. What's he up to now? <laughs> uh, he's not doing bad for himself is he? if you'd have asked me uh, all of the years ago if he'd been managing Manchester United I would have been mm, not, not, sure not too that. sure yeah. anyway um, he told me about an hour and a half before the game I was playing up front with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer my debut and I just felt fine. It was a weird feeling because I mm. thought, you know, I thought, um, you got be a bit, be a, I was even telling myself, you've got to be a, bit, a little bit nervous. But I felt really good about it for some reason. Anyway, we mm. won the game 2-1. Um, I set a goal up for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I got man at match and, you know, right. I was absolutely buzzing. So what kind of forward were you at that point? Because people remember you, remember you more as a midfielder or a wide player. Ollie was obviously a, a bit of a penalty box poacher. What kind of forward were you at that point? I'd probably say I was more of, um, you know, dropping into little... Um, numbered little 10 you yeah. know, pockets of spit you know like yeah. uh, no, I'm like Messi say, I, I'm not saying uh, like Lionel Messi Baggio or something like that <laughs> I was nowhere near good zone, but, you know I, I probably wasn't the one you know stretch to play and run the channels or anything no. like I was more of a link up player yeah. you know I think you know score decent goals and little assists and stuff but I was I mean I was top goal scorer for United Reserves for the three years I was there really okay um, and um the first couple of games I started for United was up front with with Ollie, and mm. then I think it was maybe the next um, Wellington Cup game. Mm. Ferguson said to me, "You're playing right wing today," and I was thinking, "I've never played right wing before. Right. This is this yeah. is crazy." <laughs> yeah, didn't coach me anything; just stuck me in at right wing, and right. I had to learn myself. Well, that's interesting. People, yeah. you think you would get a bit of coaching? Yeah, no, no coaching, not so ever. I remember. Were you quick then? I wouldn't say I was quick, but I had a little bit of turn of pace and I yeah. had, a, you know, a bit of a skill where I could go past the player, the, the little chop, you know, yeah. to cross the ball and stuff like that. But I remember playing the game and I remember just thinking, I've never played right wing before. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. All I could think about in my head was just watch what Giggs is doing on left. Good good place, good guy yeah. to watch. So when he's in possession, yeah. when we're in possession, sort of like, Go where he is, but on the opposite wing, obviously. Yeah, and yeah. when we're out of possession, just do what he does. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's that's basically what I did. Was it hard to do what he does? Well, yeah, well, he's, <laughs> he's a bit better than me. Isn't he? <laughs> but um, that's literally what I had to do. And then a couple of weeks after, we played Sunderland in the same same cup, and he put me in centre midfield. I'm thinking, right. oh my bloody god, I've <laughs> played centre midfield before. Yeah. So I played centre midfield with Phil Neville, and I just literally did what he did. Yeah, and I had to coach myself, and I, I literally. Do you think he was doing that on purpose to see what you were made of, or? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. All I know is that I had to learn. I was never, I never taught anything. I mean, I've played up front, centre mid, left wing, right wing. Played right back a few times, and I've never ever been coached in positions. I started to you know, literally go off a whim. So, do you, so, so managers obviously feel like you've got a decent footballing brain there, and you can pick it up and play it. I think that's what you know. A lot of managers who've 
who've coached me over the um, the years have always said to me, you know, I was always like a good, you know, seven or eight out of ten. You know, that's right. probably why I played so many games, really. Yeah. Most of the clubs I've been at. You know, I was never probably a 10 out of 10. I was never probably a 4 out of 10. You know, I right. was always like quite Pretty consistent. solid, yeah. And probably in, in, in most positions. So I think, you know, um, a lot of them said to me, I, you know, I was good. I had a good footballing brain, which mm. was, which is quite... A, it's a good hard. compliment. Well, yeah. it is, you know, if yeah. you're a footballer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's a lot coming out. At the time of recording, there's a lot come out about Roy Keane's talked a lot about Alex Ferguson again recently. They've obviously, and in this long held sort of spat and he was saying one or two things that, that I won't go into but what when I mean, you know or you've worked with both of the men what what, what are your because perhaps I mean I hope I'm not speaking out of turn by saying that you know you didn't stay at Man United perhaps as long as you wanted to and you would like to have stayed there for a lot longer but how do you look back on your time there and how you were treated and how you were looked after by Alex Ferguson and what it was like to play under him well it was absolutely amazing to play under him and that United team for starters but I think um, me not going to me going to United made me have such a you know, a long career because mm. I, I learned the standards of what it takes to be, you know, a true professional footballer, you know, timekeeping, being the first out to training, the standards of training, you know, everything mm. you do in training has to be, you know, top notch, you know, because um, if it's not, you won't play well on a Saturday, mm. um, doing extra in the gym, you know, stuff like that. And So you uh, feel like you've got a lot to thank him for? Oh, 100%. And I think, um, you know, I, I actually asked to leave United. Yeah. So I was 22 years old. Um, I'd played like you followed McLaren to Middlesbrough correct let's, yes. let's go into that but I want to talk about the Champions League final first okay because you were an unused substitute in the final on the bench I know you did go on to play in the Champions League in later seasons but I don't think you made an appearance that, that season is that right correct so, so that is one of you know I mean there are a lot of people who'd say that is the most defining moment in Man United's history winning the treble winning the Champions League in such dramatic circumstances you're sat on the bench what, what an amazing view of it what, 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 are, your, what are your memories of it well, it was the, the most amazing night ever, you know. Uh, Did you think that you were done? Do you think that was that? Yeah. That 1-0 down? Oh, yeah, 100%. Because like, Bama Munich were probably the better team, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And it, to be fair, it was quite... And I watched the final back, you know, we had the um, treble reunion game a few mm -hmm. uh, back in May. And then I watched the game back, you know, and I thought, look, this is a terrible final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A terrible yeah. final. But, you know, when you're 1-0 down and then the way it happened was just... But if they don't pick you, mate, it's not going to be great, is it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it, was, it was just amazing. And, you know, um, to be part of it is something special. And everyone says to me, you know, uh, do you feel like a fraud, you know, um, getting a medal, being part of it? And, I, and I, my true answer is I don't feel like a fraud because I'd been there the full year. You know, I trained every single day with the first team. Um, yeah. I travelled to every single uh, Premier League game away from home, Champions League game away yeah. from home. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, I was the 19th man, the, the one left in the stands. Maybe mm. I was. But, you know, I did all the travelling, I trained. The team's got to have a squad. You've got to have a team yeah. of players. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was playing for, you know, we'd come back from a Champions League game on a Tuesday night or Wednesday night. I wouldn't have the day off the next day. I'd have to go and train with the reserves and play a reserve game that night. Mm. And, you know, I was top goal scorer that year for the reserves. Mm. Um, we'd won a few reserve cups, even though it doesn't matter. But, you yeah. know, I was playing, you know, well for the yeah. reserves, scoring goals, doing well when I was playing for the first team. And people say, oh, you know, you're a fraud. And I said, I, I work because I was putting the hard work in. Do people actually say that, John? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course they do. Yeah, they say, oh, you got a Champions League medal and you didn't even play, play a part of it. And I always say, at first I didn't used to say it, but now the, the older you get and you know how hard it is to be yeah. a footballer, I, I, I try and def defend myself a little bit. And I say, no, no, well, no, because, you know, I put the effort in. I was training every day hard. I was playing for reserves. I was traveling every each way and everywhere maybe being left out maybe being on the bench never moaned once and then obviously the chance you know with the suspensions to Kino and Scalzi and a couple of injuries 
the chance came for that one space to be on the bench. Yeah, and you earned it. And and, and I, I believe I earned it. And I always remember this um, Ferguson on the day of the game, um, there was like a little snooker table in the where we were eating food and he said to me, um, game of snooker, one, one game of snooker. He said, if you beat me, he says, you can go on the bench tonight. If I beat you, you're not on the bench. In the Champions League final? He was final. laughing about it. Yeah, so this is yeah. the day of the Champions League final. Oh and I God. was thinking, I'm a, I'm a decent snooker player. <laughs> yeah, okay. Player. I had a pool table in my bed, little pool table in my bedroom. I used yeah. to go out to work at men's club with my dad and play snooker. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm half decent. Easy going to smash it. I'm going on bench. Yeah. Anyway, he absolutely smashed me all Did over he? the place. And then he, he winked at me after the after and says, I've got a snooker, t- snooker table in my home, son. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I was thinking... Bollocks! I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be on bench. And then we turned up to New Camp and walked into dressing room. My shirt was hanging up, and I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm on the bench." And it just all hit home because it was it was going to be out of me and a, another young lad called John Curtis. I think I know John Curtis. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it was yeah. just it, there was only one space, and right. we both sort of like had a half a feeling that it was going to be one of us. Yeah. And obviously he's gone for me, and Are you because you were more versatile, maybe a bit more. You could do a, maybe because I could pieces. play a left wing, right yeah. wing, and and centre centre mid whereas John Curtis could probably only play a fullback but yeah. Um, yeah he ended up uh, being on the bench and yeah. you know the rest is history it's an amazing experience surely I mean oh. you'd like to have been on the pitch of course you would but I mean it's an amazing experience well I mean it was a mad 10 days before that because you know we won the league on the Saturday then the FA Cup the next weekend yeah, yeah. so oh, on, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right, so yeah. yeah we won the league on the Saturday mm-hmm. and afterwards we had this massive party everyone was steaming I'm thinking you've got a FA Cup final next week Sam's yeah. got a young kid you know and I don't yeah. really know anything about it I'm thinking sh- we shouldn't really be drinking. I, I, had, I heard that Gary Neville was refusing and trying to stop people partying because of the games they're coming up. No, no, no. That's not true. It's okay. definitely partying. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, 100% know. Pie. <laughs> so everyone was getting steaming after the winning league. And then we had, obviously, the FA Cup final next weekend, which I was part of the squad. But there's an, another example. I was left out, but I travelled and you know, I was yeah. part of it. And after the FA Cup final on the Saturday, we had the Champions League game on the Wednesday. And I'm yeah. thinking, surely can't be having a party yeah. again. All night or whatever. I'm thinking we've got the biggest game ever on the Wednesday and then we win the Champions League on the Wednesday and we have another massive party like three massive benders in 10 days it's it? crazy what was Ferguson thinking he didn't, didn't mind no I mean he was part of it he was you know having a few glasses of wine and you got to like stop that. the smell of the roses I suppose sometimes yeah but you know when you've got big games coming up you're thinking well you know maybe take it easy a little bit but you know we won the league had a massive party won the FA Cup had a massive party then won Champions League had a massive party yeah <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of um Roy Keane's comments about Ferguson. Was Roy always a good guy to work with, good guy to have in your squad? Roy Keane was one of the best trainers I've ever seen. Um, he, he had that, you know, grit and determination to mm-hmm. win every single game. But he had quality as well, didn't he? Oh, it was unbelievable. Like people Do you think got, it's underrated how much his quality is? Massively underrated. You know, he was one of the best players I've ever played with or against, you know. Um, and he had that grit, you know. I remember playing like young v old games, you know, in training or, you know, little rubbish games that you know people just have a little laugh about he used to go mental if he didn't win them games yeah. I remember once him snapping a young lad called Mark Wilson I don't know if you remember him yeah he went, he went on to play for Portsmouth and Stoke uh, no not that Mark oh Wilson. different guy uh, okay. yeah he played for Middle, he came to Middlesbrough with me and then he okay. went to Doncaster okay right um, and we had this young v old game on a Friday day before a Premier League game and got a young v old game and you're lining up against Roy Keane smashed him at like the hips and Alex Ferguson was like, what are you doing, Roy? Really? There's a game tomorrow. And he was like, he was just going off on. And that was in like a young v old game. Do you know what I mean? Wow. It, it was, there was nothing on it. You know? No, right. And, uh, but you know, he's, he's just his way every day, just wanting to be the best player 
and he had that you know determination to be the best player. That's why United was so successful. I think that's a big thing with United are missing now. Someone like Roy Keane, centre midfield. Yeah, you know. Uh, pulling people into place and having a go at him, you know, for standards and stuff like that. He, he was an unbelievable player. Were you scared of him? Yeah. 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 Or was it just a respect thing or? Um, well, obviously respected him because, you know, he'd won yeah. the league about five, six times <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, you know, he was captain of the club, but definitely scared of him because he had that, you know, that aura of, you know, if if he, if he didn't like you, you'd know about it. Right. But fortunately, he quite liked me. I okay, think. right, okay. Um, but if he... he I mean, he had a, he could have a go. Yeah, I remember playing a pre-season game. I think it was in Ireland somewhere, and uh, it was the first pre-season game. And at the start of the game, I give the ball away. He went absolutely mental. I give it like a ten-yard pass. And it went to their player. Mm. Next break of play, he went. You can swear. You can fucking swear. hell, John. Oh, fucking. Did he? Stop giving the ball away. And I'm thinking it's the first game of pre-season. Yeah. Relax a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, yeah, that's what he was like, and that's why he was such a good player. But if he if he gave you like a bit of praise, it was like this is great. Oh yeah, yeah. So if he praised you, you know you've done well. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've done well. But that's the, that. That was the good, the good thing about Kino was you know if you weren't doing it right, he'd tell you. You know mm. he would tell you, and um, you know I think it's a massive part that's missing in United's like squad or team at the moment. Yeah. Someone like that, you know, who's who's proper got that authority and you know um, leadership skills of you know bringing bringing a team together. And you mentioned earlier that um, you asked to leave you know yeah. you followed, you ended up following Steve McLaren to Middlesbrough yeah Had you, I mean presumably initially that's that's a, a great decision because you ended up going on to play pretty much every game the following season in the Premier League so uh, when you look back on that now is that a decision you're pretty happy with? Yes and no okay. I think um, I, obviously being a United fan I wanted to stay there for as long as possible but you know I was 19 when I went there and I was 22 when I left I'd only made 34 appearances Mm-hmm. That summer, they just signed Veron, I think, and Van Nistelrooy. Right. Um, Steve McLaren, obviously, had gone to Middlesbrough. He'd been in contact with me saying he'd like to take me there. And then I had that decision whether to go and knock on to, to Alex Ferguson's door and ask to leave. Oh, right. it was the I remember, I remember walking down the corridor, going to knock on his door, turning around, walking back down to changing rooms. <laughs> I must have done that about 10 times. Really? And then eventually I got the uh, courage to knock on and... Come in, son. Really? What do you want? And I sat down and I was like, I think it's time for me to leave. You know, um, you've just bought Veron, you just bought Van Nistelrooy. I don't think I'm going to play. You know, I've only played, I had it all rehearsed in my head what yeah. I was going to say. And he said, he slammed his hand on the table and said, you're not going anywhere. You've got a new four-year deal, son. Really? And I was like, oh, right. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> Shook his hand and walked out of the office. <laughs> I walked out of the office, went down to the change room because I remember speaking to mum and dad and saying, this is what I'm going to say, blah, blah, blah. And that night I spoke to mum and dad and says, they've offered me a new four-year deal. And my mum and dad was saying, well, I I, I didn't think you wanted to stay. And I was like, I don't really because I'm not going to play. But (laughs) (laughs) So I was in that situation whereas, you know, I've got in, asked him to leave, wanted to go to Middlesbrough and start playing regular regular football. And I ended up being offered a new four-year deal. So... Over the course of the next two, three weeks, I was going in. Did you have an agent by this point? No, so I got an agent, which right. is another funny story. But yeah. uh, I, I got an agent and um, I went to see him again. Told him where my agent was and that thanks for the four year, the four year deal offer. But you know, I really need to start playing regularly. I'm 22. I don't yeah. want to be here another four years and 
like yeah. playing over 35 so, but you, games. You didn't think there was, because of the players they signed, you didn't think there was just any path for you to reach a regular first team? No, not that. Is that's... that because you think, Johnny, that you, you, you weren't good enough or because that it's just... That's just the way it was because of the type of players they were buying. At the time, at the time, they were just the best team yeah. probably in the world, and they just signed obviously one of the best yeah. strikers. And I just thought at that age I needed to start playing 30, 30 games a year. Yeah, and I was only playing three or four. Yeah, uh, even though I was playing the you know Reserve. thirty games in reserves, yeah. but it's not the same. So I made the decision anyway. Uh, I went and see him and say, "This is my agent." Um, he went absolutely mental. I've never seen anything like it. I absolutely crapped myself. Yeah. He absolutely hated the agent I chose. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, probably a good thing for you though. Yeah, yeah. Looking so, back. So um anyway, there was a few problems and that and everywhere. And um a couple of weeks later he ended up saying, Listen, you know, thank you. Um, we would like you to stay. We think you you'd be a good part of the squad, but I understand why you mm. want to go. And he said he actually said to me, he said, You've shown big bollocks mm. you know asking to leave a club of this size mm. um, and you've shown big bollocks because you want to actually go and play Yeah, and I think he was quite quite, you know happy with that and uh, ended up going to Middlesbrough with uh, Steve McLaren Would you ever have gone anywhere else? Steve was the guy you wanted to work because he was the coach you were used to working with and everything like that Yeah I knew he, he liked me for starters mm. he said to me that he wanted to play me every game and you know help me get, get gain experience and um, I got on really well with him and uh I think at the time Aston Villa came in last minute. Mm. I think it was John Gregory, I yeah. think. Okay. And uh spoke to him a couple of times, but I just didn't have that same feeling what I think when you know somebody quite well, you know, like I'd known Steve for a couple of years, you know, um it felt better to go to Middlesbrough. Plus it was a little bit nearer to my hometown of Scarborough, so family could come and watch sure. more games. So that's why I decided to go to Middlesbrough. And what was it like playing for them after leaving Manchester United? Really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had some great times there. Um you know, as I said, you know, nearer to home. So a lot of family members came to watch me more. Um, I played my first year. Probably wasn't my best the, my first year. Uh, played most games, but wasn't, you know, still learning the game, you know. How different play, was it? Just maybe the stand weren't as good as United's and, um, you know, um, training wasn't as... Trying to think of the right uh, intense, yeah, probably intense. Yeah, yeah. the intensity was as, as good as United, but Steve was trying to get it that way. And um, I think you know, we had some good players, and Steve was trying to bring some better players in. And the year after, I think you know, I played every game the first year or nearly every game, and then the second year I was there, I got th- three player of the years, right? Uh, supporters player, players player, and player of the year. Hmm. Uh, so I had a real good second season. Uh, and we, we we signed some good players, you know, George Botang, obviously Southgate yeah. came the same year as I was there. Yeah. Yuko Egeog, bless him, who's obviously yeah. passed away, which was yeah, very uh, sad. It's really sad. Uh, yeah. But we had some. He good was a players. fine player, Egeog. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was top notch and a yeah. really great man as well. Yeah. Um, and we had we had some good times. And then my third year at Middlesbrough probably wasn't my best. I had a few injuries. I had, I had to get my tonsils out. I was, I was ill quite a lot. And I, I got a, a bad fight uh, just before the Carling Cup final. That's annoying because obviously they won, won the League Cup and all that, but you weren't able to make the score. Yeah, the well, final. I played in every single round of that run. Yeah. And we played Arsenal in the semi-final, played played in that, and then I did my fight in the game. Last <sighs> couple of minutes, tore my fight. Did you know straight away? Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember Steve McLaren pulling me off a couple of days after and said, um, listen, I got the results. You know, I was out for four to six weeks. The Carling Cup final was four to six weeks away. He says, just make sure you're fit. If you train the week before, you'll be playing. You've played every round. Yeah. So that was my main aim was to obviously yeah. get fit. Got fit, trained the whole week before, thinking he's going to play me. 
he pulls me the day before saying he weren't going to play me. I was absolutely fuming because I'd played yeah. every every game. And um, was that why you left? No, no. Um, and and then got to the to the final. Go down to the day thinking, well, if he's not going to play me, he's definitely going to put me on the bench. Yeah. He, le- he leaves me out, but doesn't sell me. Jesus. So he left me out, and I was absolutely fuming. I just walked out when he named team and, and the um, subs. I walked out. first. The only first time and only time I've ever done it. Walked out, and then I actually went into the. Um, like the bathroom toilet area yeah, and I was so mad and I was I got really upset you know Did what I mean because I wanted yeah. to be you know, all my family had come down there's about 50 odd people it's come awful down. yeah 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 so because I, I, I honestly thought he was definitely going to put me on the bench because I declared myself fit you know I trained for a week before I played yeah. every round and he just pied me off and I was absolutely devil and I cried for it I couldn't stop crying really so it was a bit of a weird day because obviously we won it but I was still so mad and so upset yeah. with it, the whole situation that I didn't really... Were you pleased any... for your teammates? Oh, yeah, I was pleased for my teammates. Yeah. I was just more, more mad at myself, really. But I don't even blame... Like, now, looking back at it, I don't really blame Stephen McLaren because he has a decision to make. You know, I was out for four or five... But he should have pulled you to one weeks. side and talked to you about it. Yeah, he did say I weren't playing, but he, d- he didn't say yeah. I wasn't going to be right. on the bench because I thought, well, at least I'm going to be on the bench. My family are coming down. I might come on and make a difference. But, you know, he just mm. totally pied me off the bench. And you and you moved on the next season. So, yeah, so that summer I, I moved to West Brom, um, but not because of the the Carling Cup final, but just because um, you know um, he, he bought Bolo's ending was on loan that year, mm. and he wanted to bring him in on a permanent, and he needed to get some transfer funding. And West Brom offered you know one and a half million for me. And yeah, are uh, you how are you fine with that? No, not first. Guy had three years left in my contract. Yeah, so I was a bit fuming at first because yeah. I was thinking, well, I don't really want to go. Uh, I don't really know much about Birmingham, Sutton Caulfield, you know, West Brom, whatever, yeah. the area. And my missus just had uh, our second kid, uh, Troy, uh, who was only a week old. So I was like, I'll just stay here. And then yeah. over the two or three weeks of pre-season, it was blatantly obviously Steve didn't want me to stay. So I decided to go and speak to Gary Megson and West Brom and went down there and spoke to him, got shown around the training grounds and next minute I'm signing four-year contract there. So, I mean, really, I, mean, I don't want to sort of put words in your mouth, but you've been treated pretty shabbily there, have you not? Um, and you don't seem like the kind t- of guy who bear a grudge, but I mean, at, if, at the t- at the, or was that just football? Yeah, I think that is football. But at the time, I was a bit pe- peeved off because you know um, I'd played like hundred not hundred eight games in three years. I'd only had a couple of niggly injuries, you know. But I was, you know, I trained most days. I think I'd probably only been injured like four or five weeks, you know, in three years. And um, you know, I was a good pro. You know, one of the first team, one of the last to leave, and maybe he was treated a little bit unkindly, but. You know, uh, that's football, I think. And you had a quite nice, quiet, uneventful time at West Brom. Yeah. <laughs> over the five years fair, you were there. It was, it was crazy because um, <laughs> when I went there, I didn't really, you know, any, know anything about the area, but, you know, it's an absolutely fantastic club. Um, Guy Megson brought me in there, but he got a sack after about seven or eight games. Yeah. And then obviously they brought the legend, uh, Brian Robson, in. Yeah. He was absolutely amazing with me. And my first year was just like what you said, it was absolutely crazy. Five years. So this is the year that. You bought them on Chris at Christmas, but you escaped. Yeah, and the, the first, great escape. Yeah, the first team to ever do it. Yeah, uh, and but but clearly for a large part of that season, West Brom were, were a poor team. Yeah, you, you were a part of that team. So what, what do you think? From, apart from me, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, what do you think? I'm not trying to have a dig, yeah, but I just yeah. want to know what do you think went wrong. What's it like at a club when things start to go wrong like that? And what do you put it down to at that point? It's hard because you know um, you know you train. You know we had. Brian Robson in charge, Nigel Pearson. 
Um, we had a great team spirit. We had good, good lads. But when Brian and came in, was, the, was it a bad state already? No, we, we were doing okay, but Gary Megson had an argument with the chairman. He got the sack. Brian Robson came in. But we were doing all right. You know, you know, we were near the bottom. We were like probably, you know, right near the bottom. We were yeah. near the bottom all season, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, we weren't playing bad. You know, we were always in games. Yeah. Um, bit unlucky here. Then never, obviously, we got battered a few times off, off certain teams. Hmm. But I remember being bottom at Christmas and everyone saying, oh, you're relegated. But... I actually thought, you know, we've got a chance here. Do you know what I mean? And mm. we, um, Robbo bought Kevin Campbell in. Um, who else was there? Steve Watson. A, f- a few, you know, experienced players. And we had a great mm. team spirit. And I remember him taking us to um, America in February for like a mid-season trip. Mm. And I think there was about nine or ten games left when we got back. Might be in March, actually. And it was, he, t- he took us there and he says, right, we're going to go train bit of hot weather training got there he says we were going on um, we were going to Disneyland on rides we were going to water parks we we trained once in six days <laughs> like he just wanted everyone to get everyone was going out eating together you know and, and stuff like that and having a few drinks and that and it was unbelievable and we came back and the team spirit and everyone was just like proper like you know in together yeah. and we ended up staying up obviously beating uh, Portsmouth last game of the season it yeah. was like the best scenes ever did you have um, did you have Carney then Kanu, yeah, Kanu, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you went to Disneyland with Kanu? Uh, Yeah, there was, yeah, the whole squad, (laughs) everyone went. And uh, I always remember... uh, Who was a better trainer, Roy Keane or Kanu? (laughs) 100% Kanu. I always remember we got got an itinerary off uh, West Brom, uh, off off Robson and Nigel Pearson saying, uh, you know, this is the trip to America, be at Manchester Airport, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Itinerary, training morning, training afternoon. You know, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We got to Manchester Airport and um, Brian Robson got everyone in the circuit. He says, you've got your itineraries, boys. He says, yeah, get them out. He says, rip them up and put me in bin. <laughs> yeah, I always remember that. Do you, do you put it? Do you put that team spirit that was generated in that trip down to why you stayed up? 100%, yeah. It, it, Robbo was like that. He was, he was into a good team spirit and everyone being in it together. And um, I think, you know, um, lads flying down... Um, Water slides, wrestling, <laughs> digging people in head and stuff like that. We just yeah. got everyone together and created a, a really good team spirit. And then when we came back, you know, um, we were well up for it and we ended up getting the, the results to stay up. That final day was crazy because it was that survival Sunday thing. And, and you obviously played Portsmouth as a team I support on the final day. And obviously Southampton got relegated because of it. So it was a weird atmosphere at the Hawthorns that day, wasn't it? Because it was, everyone was going Everyone was celebrating. Basically. It was absolutely amazing. Like yeah. Everybody piled onto the pitch. All the Portsmouth fans were absolutely going mental because Southampton had got yeah. relegated. Yeah. So all the, all the Portsmouth fans were on pitch with us, celebrating with us. And yeah. like, we were going crazy, obviously, because, you know, we survived. We're in the Premier League. We didn't have to have a 40% wage to do. No, right, yeah. Like, everyone, like, so it means pe- a lot to the players as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, like, you know, even like people in the offices and, you know, the training ground, you mm. know, thinking, you know, if, if we get relegated, we might lose our jobs. Everybody was, you know, the chefs were on, the kit men, everyone was on the pitch yeah. just celebrating champagne, flying everywhere. Yeah. And uh, it was it was the only reason we probably won the game was because they subbed me off after 70 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I think it was, was it one all when I came off and we needed to win, obviously. Yeah. And um, Jeff Horsfield came on. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, got, and the rest is yeah, history. Yeah, the rest is history, yeah. I mean, sadly, you got relegated the following... No, the, the season after the following season, you got No, relegated. so we had the great skate that year. The yeah. year after we got relegated. That's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but we probably weren't good enough that year. You know, um, the chairman didn't spend uh, as much money as what he probably should have done on players. Yeah. And um, 
You, you know, cut the seasons in the championship. Yeah, so the, my third year there, we um, played really well. Tony Mowbray obviously came in. Um, Robbo got the sack after probably seven or eight games that year. Yeah. Tony Mowbray came in with Mark Venus and we ended up getting to the playoff final against Derby and losing 1-0. That's right. Even yeah. though we absolutely battered them, I still don't know we lost that game. And then the year after, we uh, went up as champions. We had to beat QPR on the last day of the season um, and s- s- beat Stoke's results. Stoke, I can't remember who Stoke were playing. Um, but both could have come up, come top, and we won, and we got the uh, championship winners medal. And I, I yeah. was, I was captain. Lovely. So uh, actually, that year I played every minute of every game, so all four six games, and uh, the last obviously thing was to lift the trophy up. And That's it amazing, was an amazing feeling because you you feel like well, you know, people can batter you about getting a Champions League medal yeah. and not playing any games, and I'm thinking when I'm lifting this trophy, well, they can't say anything about this. No. I played every minute of every game, and and just think, you so do you think that kind of were you at that point because you've had the disappointment with the playoff final which I'm led to believe is some of the worst disappointment you can get as a player because you're so close and you've worked so hard for so long it's normally a really difficult game because it's always really hot and it's at Wembley and you you kind of feel quite deflated right yeah it's the worst feeling ever I remember I remember um, coming off you know obviously 90,000 people whatever all your family are there and you lose the game you played 46 games well 46 games plus a two extra yeah playoff games and the finals you played nearly 49 games and you lost a game Yeah, and you're thinking you've got another year in the championship you know and it's yeah. just like because oh, you've got your I heart set on the Premier yeah, I can't stuff. do it again and but when you lift John when you lifted that trophy as, as as captain of the team that won the championship you mentioned there that people have talked about your role in the Champions League final and, and stuff at United Are you, were you actually conscious of that at the time is it dri- has it driven you on throughout your career people saying that about you oh, 100% yeah 100% um, I think it's only now when I'm older like I mentioned to you before that I actually look back and defend myself a little bit and yeah. say well this is you know I was still a young lad yeah. you know, I was working hard to get in the first team I was at one of the biggest clubs in the world with some of the best players in the world so it's only now that I'm a bit older that I defend myself but yeah I've definitely spurred me on and I think um, you know when I did lift that trophy for West Brom I, and obviously the disappointment of the Carling Cup final as well I actually believed that day when we went to QPR we were never going to lose because I was so focused Into on winning it, yeah. the game I was thinking I don't want to finish second I want to finish top you know yeah. um, I need to lift that trophy and I remember th- when we went one or two nil up thinking we've done it yeah. can't wait to lift this trophy all that hard work yeah. the disappointment of yeah. you know the Carling Cup final you know people saying you're a fraud for getting yeah. the Champions League final you know, they can't say anything now because I've played every minute of every game. Yeah. I've captained a team, you know, I've been captain for like a year, a year and a half, two years. And uh, what a great feeling. Yeah. What kind of captain were you as a player? Um, I probably, uh, I wasn't a shouting baller. I was more, you know, talking to people one-on-one and, yeah. you know, any, if anyone's got any problems. Um, I think I would probably led more um, by example, by example yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know, I was always one of the first into training ground. I was doing extra, you know, yeah. you know, one of the, the last to leave, you know, respectful to people in, you know, you know, working about the place, you know, yeah. the office staff, you know. Um, it's, quite, it's a bit of an ambassadorial role as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you know, going out into the, you know, um, hospitals and stuff like that. Yeah. You're doing stuff that, you know, captains do. And um, I think obviously being a spokesperson for the players to the management staff and vice yeah. versa, a spokesman for the, you know, the management staff to the players and the fans as well, I suppose. And, um, you know, when he, he named me captain, I was, I was, I looked at him and I said, you really want to make me captain like yeah. and he was like yeah I think you'd be good and you know a year later I lifted the trophy so he was right it was a good decision well, I forgot to ask you earlier um, what was it What, what you talk, we talked a bit today about um, about people who train well and I guess it's just the way it goes sometimes and people said to me you're always a really good trainer um, what was David Beckham like as a trainer oh, top notch absolutely top notch um, I think you know you probably read all 
the stuff so Alex Ferguson used to say you know in his books about you know them all practicing yeah. Beck, Beck's taking a bag of balls out and practicing yeah. his free kicks and his corners mm. and stuff like that and I think that's what the whole United team were like um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Coley Yorkie Teddy used to stay after training yeah. do 45 minute shooting you know is there so many people staying after training that becomes like another training session yeah yeah that's what, <laughs> that's what it's like yeah that's what it's like and um, I think you know that's why I said to you earlier being at United and learning all that kind of stuff and watching the top top players who are internationals and winning yeah. like five six seven leagues and cups yeah. doing it made me think well if they're doing it I have to do it. Like mm. a lot of people talk about Ronaldo now, don't they? You yeah. Know, um, Apparently he's an amazing trainer. Yeah. Well. Like he's yeah. supposed to be in like half six, seven every morning, isn't he? Right. And, um, I think... Um, the reason I asked about Beckham in particular is because he's got such a high profile yeah. and it's easy for people to take a pop at him. But yeah, yeah. Re- regularly you hear pretty much everyone say, do you know what? You can't really criticise the guy because he trained as hard as anyone else. He, he, he was really dedicated as a player as well, despite what people say. And even people like Roy Keane, who as you've already mentioned, had these high standards, would say, you know, he was, he was a great trainer. Yeah, I think... Um, You've hit the nail on the head there. I think Beck's like, I don't think anybody can have a, ever batter Beck's because he's um, an unbelievable trainer. And, you know, you don't get to all the England caps and yeah. playing for Real Madrid and yeah. whoever it is, Paris Saint-Germain and AC Milan, yeah. if you, you know you're not dedicated to your work and he's definitely dedicated to his work. Yeah. And so as you, as you sort of got, I mean, because I know with, with West Brom, eventually they went down to the championship again, but then you had another bit of time in, in the Premier League because you, you, you went to Fulham and you were part of the um, that crazy kind of Europa League run, which t- to me now, just as a fan of football generally, looking back, the teams at Fulham, I know Fulham were a good team, and I, I go see them reasonably regularly, so I know that I know it can be great down at Craven Cottage to watch a game, and but the some of the teams that Fulham beat that season was was unreal. Yeah, Roma, yeah, uh, Juventus. There's yeah. quite a few teams shattered nets. I've heard, and so. I've heard that Roy Hodgson he drills you. So it's almost like second nature. So you're doing yeah. the same things all the time, but it becomes like second nature. And a lot of, or some players don't like it. So the reason the reason I've heard it didn't work at Liverpool is that the players felt like it was too robotic. Yeah. Is that your experience of playing under it? Yeah, well, I mean, it, um, a little bit different for me because uh, I was obviously at West Brom, got relegated and then got the chance to go to Fulham on loan for a year and then yeah. obviously made it into a permanent for another yeah. year. So then my first year there, went there, obviously not knowing much about Fulham or Roy Hodgson, but I wanted to stay in the Premier League. I was 30 at the time. Um, so it was a good, you know, a good thing for me. It was a yeah. good club to go to. And uh, that year, like you mentioned, was just crazy. I think mm. there was like something like 66 games that year. And um, yeah. But you're, you're totally right. Roy Hodgson was 4-4-2, mm. a lot of shape every day. You know, you didn't get a sweat on in training. It was like literally drilled into your, your roles and responsibilities. How did you react to that? Um, I found it hard at first because I was so used to intense training sessions yeah. and, you know, sweating and getting a good, you know... Yeah. Um, feeling like you've worked hard and whereas yeah. I was coming off thinking you know you know, I've not really done much to I need to go for a run here yeah yeah <laughs> but he was unbelievable at his work you know he, could sp- he can speak like six or seven languages mm. he knows what he wants from his players so every the best example I can say to you is every single player for every position so say there was two players to every position would know what they were doing mm. if they got, got on the pitch mm. um so if you were a centre midfielder, you know exactly what you would you, be expected of you. And um, what if you didn't do it? Then you wouldn't play. And was he was he strict? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you didn't do it, you wouldn't play. Simple as he that. He seems like kind of a nice older guy. He is a nice guy. He's yeah. one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He's you know he yeah. comes out every day, shakes your hand. Yeah. You know, he's old fashioned gentleman. Yeah, type very, guy. very. But he's yeah. he's got a ruthless streak in him as well. Hundred percent. I remember. Um, um, I think it was. 
was either the quarterfinal or semi-final, Bobby Zamora was ill. Yeah. And um, he told Clint Dempsey was starting. So Clint Dempsey had, had come to the um, Craven Cottage a little yeah. bit earlier to get a massage and stuff like that, thinking he was going to play. I think it was a semi-final. And um, I turned up to the grounds. Next minute, Bobby's walking in. I says, Bobby, I thought you were supposed to be ill. Yeah. He's going, oh, no, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm fit enough to play. I'm thinking in my head this Stand is going to kick off because Clint, yeah. Clint, like you know, could could get aggressive. Yeah. So next minute, uh, Ray Warburton comes in, says Clint, uh, the the manager wants a word with you. So apparently, obviously, Roy Hodgson's turned. Cl- told Clint he's not playing. Right. Bobby's declared himself fit. Right. So Clint's gone. He's coming into change room. There's a window in the corner. He's coming to change room. He's just put his hand through window. Really. He's pulled it out and there's just blood pouring everywhere. He'd like gashed one of the, te- I think it was close to like, you know, literally wow. losing his hand. He was going mental, absolutely mental. What game was this before, blood- sorry? I think it was a semi-final. Of the Europa League? Yeah. It was right. either the quarter, it was a massive game. It was either the yeah. quarter-final or semi-final. Yeah. Um, and it was at Craven Cottage, um, but it was a real important game. And uh, <laughs> it was one of the, I was like, oh my, is this right. really happening? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it could be ruthless, you know what I mean? And um, I think the biggest thing I can say about the Fulham time was, the squad was unbelievable. You know, we had so many games. Everyone, you know, real good team spirit, real good collective effort. And for us to get all that way against some of the best teams in Europe was was amazing. And I think we finished seventh or eighth in the Premier League as well yeah. that year. Yeah. So to play all them games with a small squad, of, we only had a squad of 21 players and a couple of young kids yeah. was an amazing achievement, I think. Did you, you mentioned um, Clint Dempsey reacting like that. Is that the worst reaction you've seen to a play? Yeah, it's one of the worst. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen anyone put uh, put their uh, their hand through a window before. Only Clint. Um, Have you seen fights and stuff? Oh yeah, I've seen loads of fights. Yeah, loads are people of fights. Just, do people of the are people of the yeah. actually have just like right, that's done now. Get that over with. Draw yeah. a line under it and move on. You have to be like that. Yeah, you have to be like that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen so many fights. Uh, I mean, I've been I've been involved in fights. You know, because um, your emotions are high. You and know, that's just you... before we came in here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Josh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, you know, emotions are high, you know, things aren't going well, you know, especially with me being at West Brom, you know, we've had a f- couple of low seasons where you're bottom of yeah. the Premier League. Tensions are running really yeah, high yeah. then, yeah. And, you know, loads of people gripping people and, you know, gripping people against the walls and, you know, scuffles and stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, the next next day at training, everything's forgotten. You have to be that kind of person to be a top level footballer, do you think? Yeah, you, you have to be able to take it as well. You have to have that mentality where, you know, where if someone's having a go at you, you know, you got to be able to give a little bit back or you got to be able to take it on the chin and say, you know, I'll show yeah. you whatever it is, you know. Um, the reason I ask that to... is just because of um, mental health is like a big thing in, in football now. Yeah. And, and I think rightly so because it's important for people to talk about this kind of stuff and not. Uh, but I, I suppose it, what you're, what you're sort of kind of alluding to is that you have to be a certain type of character to be a top level athlete. You kind of have to, because you said at the very start of this, mental toughness is the most important thing. Yeah, mental toughness for me is key to, you know, being a professional footballer, especially at the elite level of Premier League, you know, that kind of level. And probably even lo- lower leagues as well, you know, you know, League Two, League One, because if you're not mentally strong, you can't take criticism from your manager. Rejection, your coach, disappointment. Yeah, rejection, yeah. all that disappointment. Or you can't take... You know, having an argument with a teammate, you know, um, you, you're not really going to be able to um, succeed. And presumably, you, you, I mean, like young kids these days coming through, they need to be prepared for that. Yeah. Do you feel like you were prepared for that properly when you were young? 
Or were you just luckily enough the kind of guy who could think, deal with it? I, I think I was a guy who could deal with it, but I probably wasn't prepared. Like, you know, we alluded to earlier, where, you know, my first couple of years as a YTS, you know, I had to learn to be you know, mm. more mentally strong and, you know, have that grit and determination to, you know, um, to try and get to the highest level possible. And I think, you know, I, I had the mindset where I could sort of like train my brain to, to be better at it. Yeah. And some people can't, but um, you definitely need to have a, a mental side of the game where, you know, you need to prove people wrong. Mm. You know, if someone's having a go at you, you need to be able to give a little bit back. And use it as know, fuel. Kind use of it as fuel to, you yeah. know, burn that fire inside you. Um, Very, very quickly, because we're running out of time. You, you're, a, I think you're part of an England squad as well. Yeah, correct. Under Sven, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, Bloody hell, I forgot about that. Yeah, did, you, did you really? <laughs> nah, no, of course you didn't. <laughs> what, um, what was that like? I know you didn't manage to, to, to get a cap, uh, but you were, you were involved at under 21 level a lot, weren't you? And so going into the, the senior squad, what year was it? I can't, I can't quite remember the cycle it was on. I think it was 2002, three season. Okay. Uh, 2002, three. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I played under 18s, under 21s, quite a few caps from the 21s and then obviously got in this this squad for the, the England camp and it was just an amazing feeling. Everyone wants to play for England. You yeah. know? I remember getting a call saying you, you're in the England squad and I was like... Were you I, expecting it? No, I was in snooker club and I was having a pint <laughs> with my brother. Were I you? Was like, <laughs> I was like, this to my brother. I was like, I'm in squad. Yeah. And he was like... Uh, yeah, you're not. No, was you're it Spen himself calling you? No, no, it was somebody from the FA. But um, yeah, so I had to put my pint down and then I right. had to sort of like go and see the miss and say I'm in England squad and I phoned everyone and, you weren't uh, playing Alex Ferguson to get a snooker were you that <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah got in the England squad absolutely delighted told all my fr- fr- family friends you know buzzing and then went to the England squad but there was no game it was just like a camp uh, I think it was five day camp or something like that what was the training like there yeah, it was good, yeah. Uh, Sven didn't really do much, just stood on the sidelines. Uh, Steve McLaren was actually the assistant manager there at the time, or the, the coach. Yeah. So he was taking the sessions. Obviously, it was good for me because I, yeah. I knew what he was all about. And, um, you know, Sven was quite quiet. Um, I wouldn't say... What were your experiences of the man? Well, I mean, I only met him like four or five times, you know, at the camp I was there, but I wouldn't say he was the most uh, enthusiastic... Um, right of guys where you'd want to go get up and play for, do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, he He's wasn't... more kind of analytical. Yeah, kind of probably. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, he was, he was, he was fine with me. He was really nice to me. Um, it's just a shame. I only got in one squad. Otherwise, you know, it'd been nice to play for him. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a cult hero here at Football Ramble Daily because he seems a bit of a ladies' man, a bit kind of like smooth. <laughs> yeah, he can pull the ladies, can he? <laughs> I wonder what I wonder why he can pull the ladies. Not the ten million he's got in his bank account. <laughs> no comment on that, John. No comment. Um, the final question I've got for you is, is is I think something really interesting. I've had people in here who've played at a very good level, such as yourself uh, and others, and a, a lot of them have said, you know what, when my career was winding down. I went to go and play for a, a lower league club or a club that wasn't quite at the level I was used to and I absolutely hated it. It wasn't intense enough. The players at that level make excuses. They're not good enough. They're not dedicated and I couldn't get on with it. But you've played quite extensively down the leagues cause, presumably because you love playing. Yeah, yeah. But how, how did you get on with that and how did you find it? Well, when I retired from football 2014 after Nottingham Forest, yeah. um, I carried on playing uh, non-league football for Tadcaster Albion. Right. Uh, for a few years I only retired two years ago so I was mm. 38 when I retired this is just um, for fun though is it yeah it's just for fun I mean um, they offered me 50 quid a game right <laughs> right okay which I said I uh, turned down and said give it to my brother because my brother was playing from that time that's right. the reason one of the reasons why I wanted to play yeah 
Plus, I absolutely love playing football, and uh, you know, I was starting to get a bit of a keg, starting right. to get a bit fat. I thought, okay. you know, I need to, I need to carry on playing, and I ended up playing, you know, for three or four years on and off, uh, non-league, and I absolutely loved it. You know, you only train once a week, so you didn't take it too seriously anyway. So no, you no. Up so I just yeah. go to rock up to training, you know, after you know a massive meal, pizza and chips. Was it train to get the pizza and chips off me, yeah. and then uh, play on a Saturday or a Tuesday night? And were you, uh, were you a Rolls Royce at that level, Johnny? Well, I was. Uh, well, I, I, you know, the centre of the pitch. Yeah. I was playing centre mid and I didn't go out that centre circle. No. So yeah, just, quarterback. But yeah, just yeah, just yeah. popping the ball around. Did you find it easy still? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's a bit bit weird because you play on some of the worst pitches ever. You know, yeah. like grass two yeah. foot long, yeah. you know, like a slant on the pitch like that. Do people want to kick you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a few of them. I, I got sent off. I think twice playing for Tadkastar just because I got annoyed people just trying to chop me up at the hips and right. the knees and that and I reacted once I got sent off for an elbow to the face and the other time I, I got somebody back who'd smashed me earlier. Right. Um, so yeah, I think obviously the, you know ex ex professional footballer you've got that. Um, you know, yeah. but you played like you played like seventy odd games for them or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a lot of weight to lose. <laughs> <laughs> And now you're playing, um, and this is something really, this is really great. And I think the reason I think it's great because if, if I was a young kid, I'm too old to go on the football pitch now. But if I was a young kid, I'd be loving this. You do play with a legend, so you, there's a game I think coming up in at the end of the season in May at West Brom. You're going to play along with Kevin Phillips and Paul Robinson, I think one or two others, and people can go along and and, and basically play with or against you. Yeah. And maybe give you a kick yeah, and get an elbow to the face in yeah. return. To be fair, <laughs> I did, I did, I did it last year, and it was one of the best best uh, games of football I've ever had actually really? because you're playing with um, ex-teammates obviously mm. this time I want to play with Paul Robinson who's, who used to be my roommate and Kevin Phillips who's obviously an absolute Sunderland legend yeah. um, and then you're playing with fans you know yeah. fans from the club who've supported yeah. you over the years and it's good to get to know them so you, you know you get in the change room before the game have a tell a few stories you go and play a game of football and afterwards you have a couple of drinks and yeah. question answer at the end and it, it's, it's a fantastic night we had Nigel Winterburn in there and um he said that uh, he loved it, but he's really intense on the football pitch, and he right. said he would find himself like shouting at people all the time. <laughs> you don't take it quite that seriously. No, no, no. I mean, uh, the game I played last year it was it was really enjoyable. It just you just got to try and enjoy it. You know, you're playing with uh, you know people who, who probably are as nowhere near as good as you, not as fit as you, or mm. you know carrying yeah. a bit of weight. And it's just a, it's just a laugh. Fun, and, you know, yeah. you can take the Mickey out of people, have a bit of banter and that. And uh, you sometimes get some good players though. Yeah, yeah, you definitely get some good players. So, I mean, um, if you they've just got play uh, play with a legend of just doing the uh, some of the best goals over the last. Like, oh really? Okay. Years, and there's some good goals in there. Really? All right, Jonathan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us. It's been one of my favourite ones to do. Oh, thanks. It's been mate. great. I, I really bet you said that to everybody, don't you? <laughs> This was a Stakhanov production. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.